This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and you're listening to the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help pediatric therapists become better leaders so they can make a bigger impact with their services. On this show, I'll share up-to-date evidence-based practices, my own experiences, and guest interviews designed to help clinicians and educators feel more confident in the way that they serve their caseloads so they can help school-age kids grow up to be successful, kind, well-adjusted people. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to episode 82 of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. In this episode, I am sharing the last uh, the last episode of the Live to Launch series that I did with my friend and mentor, Stephanie Hayes, where we shared some of the behind-the-scenes things that went into the development of my School of Clinical Leadership program. So in this episode, we talk about getting out of your comfort zone. I shared some specific things that I, uh, some, some specific habits that I got into during the pandemic in the last few years that I, I thought needed to be changed. And uh, we, we get into some specific, specific instances of how we can kind of get stuck in the same old patterns. And so I wanted to share this episode today because I think even though I'm talking about business, I think this applies to a lot of different things. So really excited to share this episode today. I also wanted to share that we are going to be making some changes to the Are They 18 Yet podcast. Um, Obviously, you may know that the introduction to the show has changed. I changed the focus from a primarily parenting focus to really more of a leadership focus for for therapists and educators. And so with that in mind, the name of the podcast doesn't fit as well as it originally did. So I am possibly changing the name of the podcast in the near future. 
So because we're making some changes, I didn't want to spend too much time talking about programs today because obviously the new focus will change how I talk about the programs. But I did want to mention that because we're talking about the School of Clinical Leadership, I did want to mention that if you are interested in that program, if you are a pediatric therapist who feels like you can't make the impact that you want with your services due to some of the issues with the system and you want to work towards making a change so that you can work in a way that feels aligned and fulfilling to you, then definitely check out the School of Clinical Leadership. Really, it is my belief that while there are real issues with the system, we can make changes by making changes to our own situation and putting ourselves in a position where we are, we have more power and influence. And that's really what I help people do in the School of Clinical Leadership. So to get more information about that program, just go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash leadership, and you'll be able to go to the enrollment page and learn more about the program. I will share that I am going to be making some changes to the program enrollment page in the near future, just to make it clear. I'm getting a lot of feedback from people about... Uh, how I'm communicating what the program is. So I'm definitely going to be making some changes to the enrollment page to make it more clear so that everybody knows exactly what they can expect from the program when they go to check it out. Again, that program enrollment page where you can get more information is drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash leadership. So now let's get into the episode. We're in our last episode of this yeah. live launch today. Yeah. Where does the time go? Where does the time go? So we talked about what we wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think this is so important and pivotal to everything, right? To a lot mm-hmm. of what this journey has been about for you. And mm-hmm. I really want to hear your thoughts and your kind of narrative. And the thing is um, comfort levels. Yeah. So, so much of the work you've been doing is about challenging and discovering and trying to move out of your comfort levels. And Mm -hmm. I think everybody gets stuck here because our brains aren't wired to be okay with fear, right? We're not wired to be okay with discomfort. And the minute, even when we have happy discomfort, our brain is still like, wait, stop. Because Mm -hmm. it's the same, it's that same sort of alert, alert, alert kind of Mm -hmm. mechanism. So let's talk about what's happened in the last week and some of the thinking and some of the conclusions you've kind of come to about this whole process of launching a new program? So I think it just, uh, what happened in the past, so I had the program that was working pretty well, and that was 2015, and it was working, and it was always like, all right, let's, you know, like, you want to always evolve and be proactive about that, and always be thinking about the next thing. But every time I would think about the next thing, I would start and then I would stop when it would get hard or when I would, I would get a little fearful because, you know, I mean, even just from an income standpoint, 
things would dip a little bit because I wasn't paying attention over here to this. And, you know, I was trying to go a new direction temporarily, which again, it would have been a temporary thing. And I always just kind of uh, panicked for a number of reasons, you know, again, because of the income, but also just because it was like, it's new and it's just, it's so easy to just go back to what is comfortable for you. And I've been doing that for, I would say the last like three years, honestly, every time I would try a new thing, it just, you know, and it wouldn't work out, then I would just go back to what was comfortable. Now, I would say that some of those things were legitimate things that I tried and didn't work. And it was probably a good decision to not do them anymore. It's really hard to tease that out. Um, maybe I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be for, you know, whatever, whatever reason. But, but yeah, there are, I, I think that I've had a lot of really convenient excuses the last few years to not do things that I don't like doing. And I think it's kind of a double-edged sword to say things like, find your passion, do what you love. Or like, you know, people are like, find the job, like you want to find the job that you can do that is something that you would just be doing on a Saturday afternoon. On some level, you know, work is called work for a reason, but but also you st- you have to, even if you're doing what you want to be doing, you still have to do stuff that you don't feel like doing in the moment. Um, like going back to the brain wiring thing, like we're, we're wired for, you know, the immediate gratification when really it's not what we really want. And I can, I can give some specific examples here, but I think that, um, I just the situation that I put myself in, it was really easy to avoid certain things and justify it because I didn't have to do them. And I didn't always have to push through certain situations that were uncomfortable. And as a result, what's happened is that certain things that I hate, maybe had a little more stamina for, I started avoiding them. And now I'm even more anxious about doing them. Um, and then other thing, you know, like, like, that's kind of what happens where, you know, we, yeah. we don't do things. And then it's, it's even scarier. Whereas it's like, if we would have just done it, we probably would have been fine. It's it would be more familiar. So yeah, yeah, in, I mean, a lot of that. In my experience, the things that we don't like to do more often are not because we don't like to do them or we have a feeling about them one way or the other. It's because they're not clear to us or mm-hmm. um, because we don't know how to do them or, yeah. you know, and then, you know, half the time there's always some sort of judgment or fear associated with it but the 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 antidote in any of those cases is to do it right is to take some action yeah and Mm -hmm. see that you're not going to die right and see the how how much it can actually benefit what you're trying to achieve and I think when we get in these comfortable places of of like even if they're not good for us we know that we still yeah. go back to them, right? We still go back to them because it's what we know. And mm-hmm. that breaking out and that being in that uncomfortable place intentionally is sort of like not natural for us, but it's also what's necessary. Yeah. And you kind of took that finally this week and you were like, all right, we're, yeah. we're, change, we're changing something up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Should I get uh, into the specifics of? Yeah, go for it. So I, you know, I've always been somebody, I, I like doing research. I like doing independent work by myself. I can just, if you're like, go write this lit review on this topic on, you know, go read these peer reviewed journals and write a lit review. That's something that's hard for a lot of people. I actually really like doing it. I'm good at it. Um, I could just, you know, go to town on that. Um, if you wanted me to do something that was independent work, research, writing, making content that's pre-recorded, um, I can do that all day long. It'll be easy. I'll get it done quickly. Well, maybe it won't be easy, but I'll do it. Cause I, 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 it's not that I don't feel a sense of resistance to doing that kind of thing. When I sit down to write something, I still get the feeling of, of, I don't want to be doing this. The blank page is overwhelming. I get all of that, but I've done that process so many times that I know what to do. I understand that I don't need to listen to those feelings. I saw this thing the other day on Facebook It was on runner's world or something. I don't know, some running magazine. And it was like the first mile is lying. And so that's, you know, being a runner, I, related to that, where a lot of times you're at the beginning, you feel crappy and you don't want to do it, but you know, because you've had enough experience with that situation that you need to just keep going. But then there's these other things that if like, if I don't have experience with it, or it's been a long time since I've done it and I'm feeling a little rusty and it feels less familiar to me, it's like, you don't, I don't know, for some reason, I'm interpreting that feeling differently. Um, in this other context, but really it's the same thing. So for me, anything that involves human interaction, I will <laughs> avoid like crazy, even though it makes me feel like crap. And then I feel isolated and depressed. And this last few years, you know, I used to get, um, you know, like asked to do speaking engagements, but I've had a very convenient excuse to not do speaking engagements in the last few years. It's like, oh, social distancing, guess I can't go, you know, like super convenient reason to just, you know, hide behind my computer in my pajamas. And um, obviously I can't use that excuse anymore, but I still <laughs> was. Um but but yeah, I mean, there was that. Um, there was also just that I was working in a job where I was like in a school. I was had a schedule where I had to meet with clients all day long. And now I'm in a position where I'm self-employed and I'm totally in charge of my schedule and what I do. And I can schedule calls, but I also could choose to not. And so I tend to I tend to go towards those things that are comfortable if I don't, you know, notice that that's my default setting. And also something, again, just a convenient excuse at the beginning of the pandemic, it was really easy to get affordable leads through Facebook ads. Um, I could run the ads myself. I didn't have to be that good at it. Because again, it was it was just the way that the algorithm worked. It was really easy for me to just get in people in front of people with ads. So I'm like, why am I going to travel and do all this work when I could just turn on a Facebook ad? It's so much easier. It was just, it was like so tempting to just do that instead of doing other things like actually building relationships with people that is 
hard and scary and time consuming and doesn't give you immediate gratification. And so I just um, avoided that. And it's, you know, like I'm, I'm to the point now where all that stuff isn't work. like, you know what, like we're out in public again, people are doing things in person. I can't, I can't make the excuse of, I don't want to do stuff in person anymore. Um, Facebook ads are a lot more complicated. I've been running the same offer to the same people for the last five years and I need to mix it up. And I, every time I would try to go do something else, I would just freak out and throw it away. Um, and now it's like, all right, I have to make a decision. Like I'm, I'm being forced to make the decision now to do things differently. And yeah. that means that I need to get out of my hermit cave. So, um, and, and then that's the other thing is that it's like in the moment, I never feel like doing the thing that I actually really want to do that is actually going to make me feel better about things in the long run from a, you know, growing my business, but also just mental health standpoint. Yes. And, and, um, you know, you, I know you said that, you know, you, you don't like the idea of, Oh, find your passion. Like there's, there's a, there's a garbage side of that conversation, which is like, Oh, do something that you, I don't want to do something I would spend my Saturday afternoons doing, but I still love what I do. But the important thing is, is, is if you don't love what you do, then, and, and you don't like, what you're, what you're trying to build a business around you're like, your energy is just going to be like, and so what we had designed for you was the closest fit to um, what you wanted. And the important part about that was your desire to have these higher level relationships and conversations and more intellectual conversations, which is not something you get from Facebook ads. Right. And so that whole side of your business, there's no problem with running Facebook ads and continuing to have that sort of part of your business. But this this desire to, you know, have these more intellectual conversations to make these bigger connections that is going to require you to develop relationships and it's good for you. And it's, um, it's going to be helpful for you. And it's the missing piece in your business is like the people side of the business, the, the people, you know, and the, and that's, what's going to enable you to have this sort of higher level program and this, you know, that, that kind of brand that you are going for. So I don't think it's an all or nothing. I think it's yes. And. Oh yeah. Yes. And like, I'm still going to do Facebook ads. I'm working on that I'm that like, I want this to be so solid and clear in the messaging that someone could come in cold from a Facebook ad, go through the funnel and be like, yes, this is for me. But also I don't want that to be the only thing. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a yes, yes. And <clears throat> this, this and this, not this or this. So then the question starts to become for those things that we have resistance to doing for whatever reason, Right. The, the, the dialogue we're really good at creating in our heads. Um, what have you found is working to enable you to start, you know, chipping away at just to start making that a part of your, your activities. So um, I think one of the things that I, it was a little bit of a, a thing that I decided that I needed to do is that I want to do. I think I said something that it takes, I will commit to at least two minutes a day of doing something 
that involves reaching out to someone. Um, I said five days a week, like on the weekdays. Really, I will end up spending way more than two minutes, but I'm just committing to the two minutes because I'm doing that to make myself get started because otherwise I'll get overwhelmed and not do anything. That's In the right. past, what I've done when I'm like, I'm going to work on outreach and networking and I'm going to like all of a sudden be amazing at this. I would, I would like have this grand plan and I would start doing it and I would do it for a couple of weeks and then I would stop doing it because um, number one, I, it, there was some lack of clarity there and there wasn't immediate results. And I just, there's an accountability piece as well. Um, I think that sometimes the clarity around the conversations, I don't Mm. know, I guess I just felt like my conversations before were a little empty and I never really knew how to take it to the next level, you know, like it's, it's just, Sometimes I just don't know what to say to people. And so I don't do anything. And I'm fine if other people provide, you know, structure and scaffolding. Like, like I always used to say with, with, with socializing and stuff like that. And this has always been something that hasn't been easy for me. I mean, even not business, but just in life in general, like my mom used to like have to, you know, give me all this help to plan play dates because I wouldn't just do it. I would just go and, you know, play with bugs in the backyard by myself or something weird. Um, but, um, I guess that's not that weird, but whatever she thought it was weird. But anyways, um, like if I'm around somebody who's super extroverted and they're like, here, let me plan this party and let me get all these people together. And I'm just there. I'm like, okay, I could do this. You know, like if it's, if it's like somebody reaches out to me or something like that, I'm great. I can be there and I can do it. And, you know, when there's this, this uh, scaffolding there and that's why I, I'm like, I'm fine. I could do it when I had a job, but, but now I'm the one that's in charge. Like I'm making the decisions. So I have to do that. I have to initiate. It's really the initiation is, is a challenge for me. Um, Cause I talk myself out of things. I get nervous. I get worried. Am I going to say the right thing? Um, I overthink it and then I just don't do anything. And so um, I think, what did you ask? <laughs> you asked what was helpful. Um, well, you're doing it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think just um, realizing that I do that, um, creating some structure and specific parameters around what I'm saying and what I'm doing every day. And I also think just recognizing that, I have in the past just quit on things when I get, um, you know, like when there's not immediate results, when it feels hard, um, recognizing that the feeling of not wanting to do it isn't something that I need to listen to. Again, like the first mile is lying. So that's that's really what I've been telling myself about this. And I, I think that there are certain situations that I've put myself in where like when I was doing sales calls all the time, that was super uncomfortable. So again, I, I did that. I should be able to do this. That was way harder. And that wasn't right for me. I, I could say that that wasn't right for me. I really did. I did that for about six months straight. I did like 200 calls. Um, I can't I believe that you did. That. <laughs> you I told me that the other day. I'm like, but like, it was a lot and I wasn't good at it and I hated it. Um, and I, I kept telling myself, 
I'm going to push through. I'm going to get yeah. good at it. I just need more practice. But it just really wasn't for me. And sometimes that's the case. Um, sometimes you do need to quit. But that's not where I am right now. Um, and, no. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the things that we we decided to do was that yeah. you gave yourself like you, you give yourself too big a goal and it and it becomes overwhelming. You sit down to do it and you're just like, oh. it's like the analogy I use is writing a book, right? And if I had on my to-do list, write a book and that just sat there, I might be doing little things all along the way that are contributing to that or moving me forward. But if I never get to sort of like look at those little things as things I check off my list, it becomes this this weight because it's always like, oh, I wanted to write a book and I'm not doing it. I'm not checking it off my list. So for, I think for your outreach, we chose like five, five in a week. Yeah, for now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Something doable to just start creating the habit. And then Mm -hmm. we spent some time talking about the specifics of what those conversations would be. So you're not going in there blind. Yeah. So try to break down those two, those two bits that would get in the way of you doing the thing that you needed to do. Yeah. Something that I've been um, telling myself as well, there are a lot of things that I do, you know, where it's like, um, it's almost, it's almost a misinterpretation of some kind of emotional response. And then you label it in one way that's not super helpful. So yeah. for example, saying, calling something anxiety or fear, um, whereas sometimes there's that nervous excitement kind of feeling where you are nervous, but you're also excited and it's, it's positive. Um, and sometimes it, there's just this really fine line between the two. And so what I've been working on is trying to funnel it in the more positive direction. So for example, I, um, you know, like I've done sporting events and that's something that's exciting to me. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to, even though I actually am pretty nervous and I've done it so many times um, when I've signed up for a race and I doesn't matter how well I've trained, I'm just going to be nervous. Like it's just part of the process. It actually makes me perform better. And so I'm, I'm like, wait, this is the same thing as this, like being nervous about going on a webinar could be the same thing going on that's going on when I want, when I'm doing this other thing that I actually enjoy. And so I'm, I'm just like trying to reframe it so that it's, that it's like, I do this all the time and I'm fine and I'm successful and it's a good thing. So like, let's just take this other thing that I've for some reason categorized as you know, scary and I can't do it and put it over here and use this other stuff as evidence that I can. And that's, that's right. kind of where I went with that and what I've been thinking about as I do some of this stuff. And I think this is also relevant to your clients, right? To the the people that yeah. you're actually trying to reach, right? Because yeah. they're, they're, we just, we just had a conversation about this this morning, right? And the speculation that maybe this is a part of what's holding everybody back too, is this, um, you know, the dialogue, the narrative that either I can't do this or it's, it's going to put me at risk to do this or like change is hard or change is scary or whatever the, whatever the narrative is. 
And I think that that's, that's definitely relevant to the people that you're trying to reach and like, ironically, what you're trying to help them through. Yeah, it, it totally is. Because I think that I, I mean, I'm asking, I'm asking clinicians to do things that are uncomfortable. Um, you know, again, like they, they see this whole leadership and advocacy thing as, um, I don't know that they, that it's, it's something that's seen as a, a solution. Um, and a lot of times it's easy for them to default to, you know, like the worksheets and the tactical stuff, which, you know, of course you need to do that stuff and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm asking them to do the hard work that people don't want to do that people avoid. Um, it's not because they're lazy. No, it's not. I I think that sometimes it's, it's belief in themselves that they can do it belief in that it can actually help. You know, I'm telling them that, you know, they're in a system that has a lot of um, constraints, legitimate constraints, but I'm telling them that they can put themselves in a position where they can actually start working through some of these things. I'm not saying that you can wave a magic wand and fix everything, but I'm saying that they can do something about it. But that is something that is not, it's not a quick fix. It's uncomfortable. Um, It's going to be hard work. Um, So yeah, I'm asking them to do the hard work that a lot of people really don't want to do. Honestly, I was thinking about that as I was planning, you know, just some of my content leading into the program as I explain it. And I mean, sometimes I think, I know that everybody doesn't think like me, but I do think about things in the past that have motivated me to, uh, to take action on things. And something that, that really works for me is when people are like, frame something as this is the hardest thing and nobody wants to do it. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like when I, uh, when I was getting my, my master's degree, you could get, you could do an independent study, which is like a, still a big project. You can do this big test at the end of the the year, which I thought sounded terrible, but that's what most people choose to do. It's called comps. Or you could do a thesis, which was like this big, scary thing that everybody's like, ooh, thesis, it's so scary. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to do the hardest thing because I want to know I can do it. And so I don't know. I think some people, when you're like, "Mm, this is too hard. Nobody does this. Nobody, you know, it's too much work. Some people are like, watch me. So I yeah. kind of want, I think I want people who think like that. Um, I, I think that, I don't know, maybe, maybe that message will work. It would work on me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a badass that does, you know, the stuff that nobody else can do. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I like that idea of just that it is the same thing that I'm helping them do. It's just a different context. I'm helping yeah. them do it in a context where I've done it before, whereas I'm, you know, doing other things over here where it's different for me. So, and I think the big challenge that I know you've butted up against is for this group, the belief that that's possible. I know that is. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And that that's, is- that's going to be one of the things that will likely end up driving some of the content you create and the stories that you tell and the, like the, mm-hmm. you know, what you put out into the world and the conversations that you're having, but this work that you're doing right now that you have embraced, that you are, are 
habitizing, habitualizing, something the word is. Is it habitualized? Okay, good. Like making a habit, the, the things that yeah. I'm wanting to do, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's where you're going to start to, ha- like, rather than sitting behind a computer screen and speculating yeah, and never feeling like you have the answers, this part, this engagement, this outreach, this connection is going to help you in so many different ways, but it's also, the, it's also where you're going to find your answers. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, even this week. I, I did just, I was like, I'm going to reach out to the, you know, my friend over here. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. This, this gave me some more information that helped me make some decisions, but all I had to do was just like, do the, do the next step. That's hard for me. Um, I like to see the whole staircase before I take the first step and you can't always do that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that, that like, I, I know you've been used to in the past, like these, these business offers kind of act like systems, right? And if I can plug all the systems, the pieces of the system in, it should work. Mm-hmm. But there's a human component, right? Yeah. There's this human component where you have to learn from people and you have to, you know, talk to people, even if that ultimately becomes what helps you build another system like mm-hmm. another top of funnel, another marketing system that gets people into your, your, your right now, the, the phase is connection. And we knew that this wasn't going to be like, Oh, this is your business forever. And it's going to, it's not going to scale this way. It's more like, okay, this is the phase. This is your research phase. This is your like developing your hypothesis. And that means it's a bunch of unstructured and, you know, undefined work but it's where the answers lie yeah the idea of lack of structure and not knowing is i know uncomfortable yeah right but those comfort levels are what keep us keep us kind of in our place well in the city it's it's weird i i um i was working with this guy um in the past and he told me he's like you're you have your foot, one foot on the gas pedal and one foot on the brake. Like I actually have a problem with boredom too. And so it's like, I hate this. I, it, I'm bored of doing the same thing over and over again. But then, you, you know, it's like you're working against yourself. Yes. It's, and that's, it makes you, again, that's the whole idea of like all this stuff that feels good in the moment actually makes you feel worse. Yeah. It's, you know, and got to get to the other side. It's one of the things that I've heard you talk about too, with, um, you know, where these ideal clients are in their own progression as therapists is mm-hmm. they also get bored, right? They get, yeah. they yes. get stagnant. And even though mm-hmm. there's lots to do, it's possible to be bored and busy. Oh yeah. 100%. Oh my gosh, I can relate to that on so many yeah. levels. Yeah. yeah. And and so these people who are who know that there's some little hint of something can be different, those mm-hmm. are the ones you're going to attract. Yeah. 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 So that narrative. Okay. So this is our our last session in Live to Launch. It's been really fun to kind of just document the process, document what's going on in in this in this sort of launch process. And I I say launch in like a a bigger context than like an event. I mean, 
you're right. launching a program. You launched a program, whether your your marketing activity was exactly how you planned, mm-hmm. you launched a program. And now I think what's super important for my business um, audience to recognize is that this is how it happens. You launch program and then you start to learn about it. That's yeah. real. That's real. And like the, all this garbage that we hear out there in the industry that, yay, we designed this new offering right off the bat. Everybody took it up. If it was very, very close to another offer you've created before, I think that that can sometimes be true. You've built a big audience and you understand what they buy. But when you are shifting, and I hate to use the word pivoting, but when you are shifting into something new, this is what happens. We launch and then we learn. We launch and then we learn. And then we launch and then we learn some more. And it takes consistency. It takes time. It takes it takes concerted, intentional effort to find that like perfect, that perfect pitch, I guess. Yeah. I always wonder about that. I just, that, that drives me crazy when people are like, well, this other person, like they'll start to tell me why it's going to work for me and like why I'm going to be able to like do this huge launch or whatever. And they're like, but my client over here, so-and-so made blah, 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 this much money and this launch. And I'm like, okay, but where were they? What industry were they in? How long had they been doing it? How long did it take them to map out exactly what they, you know, they knew it, like, did they know exactly what people wanted and the program was all, you know, and then they did it or was it just, they made it up and then the next week, you know, and people, people leave all that stuff out. And that drives me crazy because it is the people that actually do hit a home run on the first try are outliers. And maybe they are the people that are in those testimonials, but they're cherry picked. That's not what most people do. And you're leaving out all of this other context and all of this other hard work that this person had to put in. It's like that. Oh gosh. You know, that story about, it's like, it might be a a fable, but it's about, about the artist. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. So, it's, <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to give me a little bit more than yeah. that. Okay, it was so both the thing. The story about there's some art, famous artist who's like supposedly in this cafe. And okay. this woman, do you know what I'm talking about? It was okay, Da Vinci. So, it was Da Vinci. Okay. So he, somebody walked up to him and was like, can you draw me a picture on yeah. a napkin? And so he's like, here's this picture on a napkin. That'll be $20,000. And she's like, but it took you five minutes. And he's like, it took me you know, 30 years and five minutes to be able to draw a masterpiece on a napkin in five minutes, or yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what it yeah. was, but yeah, it's exactly the right. Whole, yeah. The whole tip of the iceberg concept of all these people that are showing these overnight success stories that actually took them like, how, like way longer, you know, I hate that. This is right. what I know of, you know, like Bullshit. I have, yeah, I have, cli- I have clients and I used to run a group program and it was six months long. And I remember people would like, it was one of their objections to signing up for it because they'd be like, "Mm, six months, that's a long time. I'm like, ha ha ha. I know what's going to happen. You'll get to six months and you're just getting started. Like that is literally what happened to me. It's been six months. (laughs) Yeah. 
Not because I think that you're lazy, not because I don't think you can do it, because it just takes time. And I refuse to be somebody who hops on the marketing bandwagon and is like, yay, six months and you're going to have a whole new business and everything's going to be wonderful and you're going to be making all this money. I'm like, give me six months. I can help you transform, but you're just starting. Mm -hmm. Because that's just true. It's just real. And so why set your expectations otherwise and then just feel like shit because you you didn't reach what everybody else reached. If you can launch a new offer to an existing audience that you know already, and maybe you sold Instagram reels templates before, and now you're selling some strategy document for Instagram. That's a situation where that's a quote unquote new offer, but it's like very in line with what you sold before. And it's just like selling a new thing to an existing audience. Different, right? But most Mm -hmm. of my clients are transforming their businesses because what they had built before was not really well aligned to where they are now. So this stuff takes time. It takes effort. It takes like what I know is that you launch your first offer and then you start learning. Mm -hmm. If we can just set those expectations more appropriately for everybody, then we can take this pressure off and this feeling of failure that just is so pervasive. Mm -hmm. So this is your beginning. Yep. What's next? So, um, well, I have a big list of people I was supposed to email today that I'm still working on. It's kind of it's going to be done by the end of the day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, said end of the week, so I'm going to do it. Um, and then, I mean, I am continuing to work on the other marketing materials in the same t- at the same time, continuing to test things that are similar to some of the things that I was doing before that that are still working. It's just that they need they need another layer to them. They need, they need to, um, the business needs some other, other avenues, um, aside from just Facebook ads. Um, so I'm, those are the things that I'm working on. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not a very clear event, but it's just a, the habit of, um, reaching out to people and like basically just having a, a, like a list of things that are focused on that initiative every week and just getting through it. Um, I think the other thing that I'm working on is just the, the whole immediate gratification thing, just focusing on the habit instead of the outcome at this point. Um, yeah. Like just focusing on that instead of focusing on like what I actually see happening right away. I mean, obviously, I I know where I'm going. I do know what the outcome is, but it's just, it's not where my attention is at the moment, but I am going to, I am still going to, you know, make a new webinar and, you know, share it with my list and run some ads to it. And then at the same time, be um, just, yeah, that, that, that whole, that whole side of it, the networking side is pretty fuzzy. Um, Yeah, but it, it is. It is. And, you know, we've come up with some strategies for th- for conversations that you'll have, but it's one of those things that you're speaking of discomfort, you're going to have to get comfortable with just kind of going out there and starting the conversations because not every conversation has to result in an outcome. If these, this is like putting money in the bank, right? You're, you're starting conversations, you're building conversations, you're starting rapport, you're having rapport, you're going to listen, you're going to watch what happens. And then you're going to decide what next 
steps are because you can manage your relationships this way too, right? But it has to be natural. It has to be genuine. It has to come from a place of like pure interest, right? Rather than, you know, templated DMs in an inbox. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. Is a- <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. So from here forward, you, you, from, from here till now you were, you know, you'd focused on, on building a thing and now we're focusing on building habits and consistency and mindset and perspective and people, which doesn't mean you don't have goals, which doesn't mean you don't watch sort of what's happening, which doesn't mean that you don't, you know, look for outcomes, but it means that this is like a curiosity phase and you're trying out a bunch of things that you haven't really done before that frequently. Right. And I think one of the interesting parts of this process was like giving you things to respond to. Okay. Go and look for what it would mean to go get a job, go look for what it would mean to go and do speaking, go, you know, and like trying these things out and kind of coming back to it and saying, you know, even if I did these things, I would still come back to this. And that to me was great information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a super fun series and I've like, I've really enjoyed putting this information into these kind of these episodes that will, you know, carry on and, and last for a while. And hopefully somebody get some benefit out of watching them and hearing your own journey. And I wanted to thank you so much for being open and vulnerable and honest and being able to talk about all this stuff. And um, I can't wait to see where this goes from here. Thanks for coming up with the idea to do it. (laughs) Well, it's going to live on and you you can always, you can always go back and, and watch the episodes from um, the previous episode page. But uh, we'll be watching to see what happens with Karen as she continues on her own journey. But thank you very much for all of this. It's been it's been really fun. Before we wrap up, I wanted to remind you that it helps us out so much if you leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, if you found this episode useful, feel free to share it with your friends. And if you wanted to check out the School of Clinical Leadership, go ahead and go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash leadership for more details. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. 
Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com backslash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE.